You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending July 22nd, 2016. And welcome to the podcast, our weekly recap of the top headlines from the Daily Acquisition News. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. And I'm Alison Cartwright, fellow news writer. This week, we finally saw the long-awaited update to Office of Management and Budget Circular A123. The revisions require federal agencies to implement an Enterprise Risk Management, or ERM, capability that aligns with the strategic planning and review process established by the Government Performance and Results Modernization Act, the internal control processes required by the Federal Manager's Financial Integrity Act, and the Government Accountability's Office Green Book. The governance structure outlined by OMB is aimed at improving mission delivery, reducing costs, and lowering risk in key areas. There are a lot of details on this, and you'll want to circle back to explore our news coverage of this when you have the time. But a few of the top milestones to keep in mind are creating an initial risk profile by June 2nd, 2017, and at some point prior to this, choosing an ERM implementation approach. By September 15th, 2017, integrating the ERM with internal control processes and identifying material weaknesses and plan corrective actions, and updating risk profiles annually by June 3rd. OMB did note a prior circular requirement remains in effect with the updated version. To follow 2008 Office of Federal Procurement Policy Guidelines for assessing acquisition activities and programs to integrate them into agency control processes and practices. On July 15th, OMB also reiterated to the Departments of Commerce and Justice, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, and the National Science Foundation that they need to report on any undisbursed balances in expired grants accounts for the previous three fiscal years. OMB wants the agencies to describe the method and process they're using to track undisbursed balances, details on any plans to resolve the balances, and the total number of expired grant accounts they have with undisbursed balances in them. Chief Information Officer Tony Scott and Chief Technology Officer Megan Smith have issued guidance containing best practices and additional information expanding on a 2014 memorandum to help agencies update their open government plans for 2016. This process takes place on a two-year cycle, so updated plans are due to be submitted by September 15th and should highlight achievements from 2014, provide the status of major initiatives, detail actions to expand on existing open government efforts, and introduce new open government initiatives for the coming two years. In the spirit of openness, agencies will be posting these completed updates to the open government web pages. Smith and Scott advise preparing a little summary of the changes and updates to make it easier on interested stakeholders to review and provide their feedback, which then should be incorporated as appropriate into finalized plans. The Department of Defense is making some moves to up its game in the data center consolidation area. According to CIO Terry Halverson, the department will be standing up specialized teams tasked with finding which centers offer the greatest cost-benefit ratio if they were to be closed, rather than just focusing on closing as many centers as possible. These decision teams will be formed in September and will analyze operational costs as they determine which centers are the best candidates for closure, as well as identifying where to 
relocate the housed data in centers that are ultimately chosen for shuttering. Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy Director Claire Grady has announced dates and agencies for fiscal 2017 procurement management reviews. The process will kick off on October 17th with the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, followed by the Defense Security Cooperation Agency on January 23rd, U.S. Special Operations Command on March 6th, the National Security Agency on April 17th, the Defense Security Service on June 5th, and the Defense Threat Reduction Agency on July 17th. Names and resumes of the procurement professionals that will be participating in the reviews should be submitted to DPAP by September 1st. National Aeronautics and Space Administration IT Program Executive Rupangni Kadakia has been tapped to replace Brian Burns as Chief Information Security Officer for the Department of Veteran Affairs. Kadakia will help to improve the agency's cyber strategies, including supporting the implementation of a cloud computing system. She previously served as CISO for the Department of Homeland Security Science and Technology Organization. The U.S. Agency for International Development has published a direct final rule revising the ADAR to conform to the current requirements of the Cargo Preference Act of 1954. Okay, so better late than never. Uh, effective October 18, 2016, the rule revises ADAR Section 752.247-70, Preference for Privately Owned U.S. Flag Commercial Vessels, to conform to Act mandates that at least 50% of the gross tonnage of all all government-generated cargo be transported on privately owned U.S. flag commercial vessels to the extent such vessels are available at fair and reasonable rates. The rule also updates submission requirements to the Maritime Administration. The agency did also publish an accompanying proposed rule to allow for adverse comments to be submitted. If any are received, the agency will withdraw the final rule before its effective date and address all received public comments in a subsequent final rule based on the proposed rule. Comments on that proposed rule are due by September 17th. We also saw lawmakers propose a method of helping agencies with their IT modernization efforts intended as an alternative to the White House's $3 billion revolving fund. The original administration idea was to have agencies apply based on need, get funding, and then basically pay it forward by restocking the fund with the savings they recoup from replacing their costly and outdated and inefficient IT systems. The alternative measure is called the Modernizing Outdated and Vulnerable Equipment and Information Technology Act of 2016, or MOVE-IT, always with the clever acronyms, they are the lawmakers, and would direct agencies to instead establish their own working capital funds for the initiative. Both of the proposed ideas rely pretty heavily on modern IT tools like cloud computing to garner the savings, and lawmakers suggested that MoveIt would allow agencies to have more flexible IT spending than the revolving fund because they wouldn't need to apply for funding, and whatever savings they gather from their efforts would be theirs to reinvest and reprogram. And admittedly, this does sound like a much easier sell than trying to convince lawmakers, particularly in an election year, to allocate $3 billion to fund an Obama administration-backed plan. But considering that many agencies are running IT systems that are essentially the equivalent of a leaky, creaky, overheating an inefficient 1970s refrigerator, uh, I would say that whatever gets the job done to give them the hand they need to upgrade is a really good idea. So we will be keeping an eye on what happens with this. 
Well, that's it for us this week. If you're a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the headlines we covered on the same VAO page where you downloaded this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. We hope you will tune in again next Friday, July 29th, to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.